0: Episode 127. Ladies and gents, I'm your host Shane Hazel. Thank you guys for tuning in. I had a last minute cancellation tonight um, and no hard feelings on that. I understand uh, there's some things that uh, we were going to talk about in terms of El Salvador and crypto and all that fun stuff. But because it's kind of a a weird world, maybe the US has made it a weird world. um, Things aren't as safe as they could be for uh, what was going to be my guest and his family. So we were just going to let sleeping dogs lie because I couldn't do just audio. I think I owe my audience Um, people in person, direct sources and those kind of things, uh, especially after getting burned a while back. Maybe we'll get into that. But uh, I had two great people uh, reach out and say, hey, you know what, I would like to do a show with you. And so I said, you know what, this could be a really interesting uh, combination of personalities in this show and a lot of fun at the same time. Nothing is going to be off limits. Uh, I guarantee you there's going to be tons of cussing in the show. So if you got people who are allergic to cussing, don't like jokes, don't like... You know, you know, just good old fashioned fun. Uh, tell them to leave the rooms now. Anyway, without further ado, uh, you guys know her as tweets by Britt out there and uh, the one and only Nick Ashley. What's happening, guys?
1: Good evening, everybody. I'm honored to be here. Shane, thank you very much for having me, man.
0: Well yeah, you you had me on your show, uh, Britt, this is the first time we've hung out, and uh, I you know I've seen some of your other you know appearances and all that fun stuff out there and they're man, I'll tell you what they're crazy, they're fun, but I mean libertarians, man, this is where we need to be is kind of mixing it up and seeing who's who in the zoo and 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 really talking about things across this country um, we're we're both down here in the in the south, the deep racist south, which I guess um, may be my first subject tonight. Lori Lightfoot had a damn Chicago. Have you guys seen this? I did. Yes. They have an epidemic of racism in Chicago, for God's sakes, man. What, what do you guys think about what's going on with all this nonsense with racism right now?
1: Frankly, I think it's a distraction to pit people against each other and to, you know, you kick two ant piles and the ants fight each other instead of, you know, fighting the person that kicked them. That's kind of what the elites and the establishment is doing with this whole racism thing. And this whole I don't I don't really care for the term woke because it's just another way of saying political correctness, which is another way of saying like totalitarian fascism. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) The Murder cult. Yeah, that's the murder cult. Yeah. The the, the cathedral, the establishment is just this crap being pushed to pit each other to pit us against each other. You know, dividing lines with, with race, whereas you know I have much more in common with the black people that live in my neighborhood than I ever will with a Hillary Clinton or a George W. Bush. So it all it is is a way to divide people and to keep
0: them from finding the real enemy, which is the state. Awesome, Nick, uh, Brent. What about you? What do you What do you think is going on in terms of Lori Lightfoot and the woke ass, you know, murder cult out there?
2: No, I mean I absolutely agree with Nick. Everything he said is spot on. The only thing that I would even add to it is that. It's just a way to shut people down. So you, we have like a whole generation now of kids coming up, and then adults that have gone along with this, that are just um, that have just decided that they can scream racism, white supremacy, and that that'll just shut down a conversation, and that we don't we don't have to talk about it. And so the worst part about that is that we have in Chicago, Chicago's uh, college was really one of the first places in the country where they said, we're not going to pander to this uh, ideology of, um, you know, shouting people down or, or stopping protests or things like that, like, uh, we're not going to have, we're not going to have protesters that shut down speakers on our campuses, because you were there to, uh, you were there to have people in your face that disagree with you, because that's how you learn. That's how you expand your mind. That's how you. That's how you become able to have uh, a critical think uh, to critical think about things and have a, a form an actual opinion is when you have people in your face that disagree with you, and you can't just scream at them. You're a racist. You're you're this white supremacist. You're you know you're whatever. And shut. I do that? it all the time. It works great. <laughs> well, it, it, it works great because. We have a segment of society that was polite and now that thinks it's a joke and they don't. And, and, and instead of pushing back and saying, no, I'm, a, I'm going to actually need a real response from you instead of you're just a racist. They they make memes about it and they make fun of them. It's like, stop making fun of them. Push back on them. Push back on them. Like they are those facades that were up at the Olympics when Russia hosted it uh, and, and no. everybody knew that it was fake. And we just pretended that this was how life actually is. No, push back on these people. They are a deck of cards.
0: Well, yeah, and that's the thing, especially in this crowd. Like, most of the time, they suppose that we are, you know, the, the binary you know, option, right? They're all bots. There's, you know, you got to be a Democrat. you got to be a Republican. If you're not, you know, the, the brain starts to leak out of their ear. And, you know, they can't process it. And you're like, look, man, I'm not a Trumper. I didn't ever vote for a Democrat, whatever. And you guys think you know you're gonna get me with this isms and phobics and all that kind of stuff well let me tell you something you're lazy as fuck right like that's (laughs) that's my answer to these guys now is like that's the laziest goddamn argument you haven't done any research you don't know anything about me obviously and that's saying something in in this crowd right it's like hey listen there's thousands of hours of things like this for us you know where we haven't ever said anything remotely like that i mean it's a great segue, I think, into what's happened in New Hampshire this week. You guys heard about what's going on in New Hampshire, I imagine? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I was actually yeah. supposed to. My guest tonight on my show was uh, right in the middle of that and ended up having to cancel because I guess it just got a little too hot in the kitchen. <laughs> so can you, can
0: you say who it was or no?
2: It was, uh, it, well, yeah, I, I mean, I'm hoping he could come on another time. It was Jeremy Kaufman.
0: Oh hell yeah! We
1: just spoke yeah. to him yesterday. We spoke to him last night on our Tower Gang uh, podcast, so that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, how's he so, doing up there with everything? He's part of the. Is he part of the?
0: Com- I don't Committee think is well.
1: I don't know if he's officially a part of the LP or anything. I don't know how it works, uh, but I know he was he was doing a lot of the tweets that were the LP and and they actually recently got the account back. So I think things are swinging back in the right direction.
0: Oh, they did.
1: Yeah, yeah they posted. A, somebody posted a tweet. Uh, of it just says we're back, and uh, it's a it's the picture of the Joker dancing down the stairs in the movie. So yeah, you know what's up. <laughs> oh, it's a GIF. I'm sorry, it's not a picture. Yeah, we're back with the Joker <laughs> doing the dance down the stairs. So okay. yeah, they, they got it back, and I think things are about to get back on their raps appropriately.
2: Yeah, I yeah, think I, I
1: mean, saw. Go ahead, Britt Oh,
2: sorry. I I don't know if it was Dave Smith. I saw tweeting saying like it wasn't Mises versus like LP um you know that's not what this is and i was just like it, it, to me the whole thing is just like a a bigger a, a bigger story of what actually happens every day among libertarians like of course it's going to spill out into this big thing because that's all we do so i mean yeah
0: you I, I don't, and I don't think it's a negative. Like I, I've, I've seen this whole experience kind of as a positive to kind of, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't want it to be true about Joe Bishop Hinchman. You know, like I, I think most of us, especially in the LPMC. Gave Joe the the benefit of the doubt, put our best foot forward. And, you know, the behavior over the last week, it's been chaotic. It's it's, you know, there have been lies told there have been moves to do things, you know, that he shouldn't have done after knowing, you know, what had happened. And then just the blatant omission of truth in leadership by Joe, where he could have been like, man, I made a huge fucking mistake and I need to own this. And this is torn the party apart you know, I, I beg for your forgiveness and may, maybe, you know, we can learn from the situation and I'd, I'd be honored to still be the chair. I, I promise no, nothing like this is ever going to happen again. Like I could see something like that happening.
2: Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen.
0: I, I, <laughs> In the uh, beginning, not now.
2: Yeah, no, not. well. It's way too late now. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, just to at least maybe resign with some dignity at this point as maybe all that he has left. Uh, there's one, it's like one thing when you're, when you're doubling down, when it's people that are ideologically against you 100% and these are your foes, but when it's like your own party and people that you're supposed to be aligned with, it's like,
0: what you yeah, it's, 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 it's just crazy. And, and and the, the the you know, calling people like Dave Smith a Nazi or, you know, the the Mises crowd is white supremacists or the, we're recruiting Republicans. Like I got that today and I was just like, you got to be kidding me, man. Like I recruit liberty leaning people and plant seeds and that's it. I don't want any status here, you know, like and that's the thing is like I can't go up to just any Republican and be like, hey, man, I want to I want to privatize police. I want to get rid of, you know, qualified immunity. I want to get rid of cash bail. I want to get rid of. You know the 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 nonviolent crimes in the world. Like what? What Republicans in the GOP are saying? Those kind of things, right? Yeah, I think Britt's uh, having an off-screen conversation there I with do.
2: my <laughs> kids. My kids are like right off-screen asking me if they can watch a show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not now, you little brats. <laughs> but uh, no, I, it, it's all good, Britt. I got uh, I got three little rugrats of my own. Uh, Nick is going to have a a brood someday. He's he's so young right now, right? Like we, you guys, you guys got to populate the world out there. You know. We're we're at a liberty yeah. deficit right now. The good thing is, is, I think this thing is starting to spread. Um, and to to see what has transpired, I think over this past week has been a real, you know, a kind of a blessing for the LP uh, to kind of iron some things out. You know, Justin Amash um, and Spike Cohen even came out and yeah, gotta say thank you very much for those guys. And well, I, I really. Oh.
2: oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, it really exposed
1: who was who. It really exposed who were like the the, the real henchmen, no pun intended, actually pun intended 100%. I'm just kidding. Uh, who who are the real slime balls and who are not the real slime balls? You know, for, for guys yeah. like respectable figures like Justin Amash and Spike Cohen, who I don't agree with 100% ideologically, which you never agree with anybody 100% ideologically, but uh, Justin Amash and Spike Cohen and fellas like that are coming out and condemning everything that's going on with LPNH. And the chair of the party doubling... Or even tripling down and that we you know the people you know that Gilletta jarvis the chair of the lpnh was actually kind of given that position as an olive branch as you know so to say hey we're we're the mises folks you're not a mises person but we're going to keep you in this position and we're going to put you up here to show that we're willing to work with other people so it was a genuine goodwill attempt by the mises caucus to keep Gilletta jarvis or I don't even know if she was the chair before, but to have her as the chair of the LPNH and for them to pull this move, it really shows who is who. And I think that that's a, you know, to, to shine a light on the good and the bad is a very positive thing because we know who to get rid of and know who to keep. And I don't mean get rid of as in kick out of the party, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Whenever you do something wrong, you deserve punishment for it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah go ahead, Brit
2: uh no i i agree i also really appreciate that um our former presidential candidate joe jorgensen came out and said absolutely nothing in such an elegant way um i i just i mean i read that and i was like it's not enough to say nothing you must actively say something that means nothing yeah well it was it was it was a it was a it was words and they were in a sentence (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I want, I want to give Britt a lot of credit, Britt. You know, the, to, to, to to be doing this kind of thing to, and to have kids, this is totally natural. This is this is one of those things that I wish more people could see is the the balance between trying to fight for liberty, balancing everything, working your ass off and still being, you know, a huge part of the family, having young kids around and everything like that. Man, Britt, my, my hat's off to you. The kids are fine. You know, this this is the kind of thing that I think we need to see more of in terms of the humanity and the Libertarian Party, because I think we we kind of get chased into a hole a lot of times of autistic children and you know you know eaters and all that kind of stuff, right? Well, some of us are both, but
1: yeah, I was told once uh, whenever somebody asked me if I was going to have kids, my wife and I were going to have kids, and I was like, yeah, we plan on it. They were like, you're going to bring kids into this world and in this bad world. I'm like, no, I'm going to bring visionaries into this world, my friend. So that's yeah. the kind of stuff we need people yeah. like us having kids. Like there's, you know, what are we going to do?
2: Exactly. I yeah, not Joe Jorgensen, right? <laughs> and
1: I know yeah,
2: I'll never be put it back because of my children, but also I appreciate you saying it. Uh, no,
0: I, I, I think it, I think it's a, I, you know, when, when we talk about being brave and, and doing things and showing humanity, being a parent is, is, is you know, hard enough, right? And people get stuff all the time. Like, one of the, one of the greatest, you know, little clips that I ever saw in the news was where the kid walked in on his dad who was on, like, I don't know if it was BBC or NBC or whatever the hell it was. And it made, like, international news. Everybody loved that kind of stuff, right? Like, I seriously, Britt, um, you know, keep keep doing this kind of stuff. And, you know, the kids in the background, that that's not – you know that that's not an issue at all
2: uh, i appreciate it so my kids actually went door knocking with me this past election cycle and they're involved in everything my there's actually a picture on twitter i think it was one one of the things that kind of blew up my account is there was a picture of my son in kindergarten at the start of the pandemic and it asked him and he had clothes that were uh, he had a page that was sent home that he had to fill out and it asked him his feelings. And he said he was sad. And then underneath it, it said, uh, I don't trust, I don't trust the government. And it was spelled wrong. And it was just this five-year-old. And I was like, I didn't, I don't recall ever specifically telling him not to, but I was like, you know what? I'm glad that you don't. And I'm glad. And I, I think that was, there was another part where it had asked like why he was sad. And he said it was because of the government. And I was like, yeah, no, that's, that's about right. So.
0: Yeah. I, I hear you. Go, go ahead there, Nick. Were you going to say something? Oh no, I was just chuckling at what she was saying. I, I, I want to, I, I do want to talk about, you know, like b- because of the, the humanity and grace that uh, I like to extend, I am not a Joe Biden fan in the least. Um, and, you know, n- never have been never will be. Uh, I think the guy is a pedo. Uh, I think the guy has done some really, really questionable shit in and terrible things to this country and, and the people, you know, that, you know, ar- around the world for that matter. Um, he's just kind of, I guess, wrapping up his dementia tour in uh, in in the Europe right now. Um, you guys got any thoughts on what's happened over there this week? Uh, nothing that's, I don't think I can add anything that's, uh, you know, unique that
1: hasn't been said already. I, I other than just, holy shit, like you saw the clip where he was talking and somebody asked him a question about Putin and he kind of started stumbling around and then just stopped for a solid 10, 15 seconds. And then just went back to, you know, kind of tangentially related to the conversation that was being had. Like, holy crap, this is the president of the United States. And they were, you know, what really bothers me about this a lot? Is that I remember in 2008, I was only 12 at the time. Whenever Ron Paul was running and whenever he made his big moment, uh, I remember people saying he was too old and he was too wacky. But now we have somebody who is literally too old. He's fit. He's he's mentally incapable of performing the job. And this is the president that we have now. It's like you. I, I would have taken. I don't even think you know. Biden is 78 or 79 right now. And at the time, Ron Paul was 72 or 73. If I'm if I'm getting the numbers right. So, and yeah. we're talking about a guy who, and Ron Paul is still as sharp as a tack, dude. He, he still talks, yeah. he does the Liberty Report every day of the week. Every day, man. He's still right on it. He had a stroke and came back just as good as before. I think, you know?
0: yeah, and I think it was a stroke on what, a Friday and he was back at work on a Monday and everybody's like, what are you doing? That's right. <laughs> what a boss. And oh, they, were tell- they
1: were telling us that this guy was too old in 2008 whenever he was 73 years
0: old, if I'm getting that right. Yeah, he's just not part of the, uh, the the right crowd, right? It's um, it's it's what I've said about you know Biden and Trump and you know Obama when I came to the realization that guys like they're not going to just let somebody you know be the executive of a country that spends about six trillion dollars a year now, right? Like you know back in the day when we were only spending like three, maybe four, you know they still weren't doing that shit. How they quaint. had it. three <laughs> trillion. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Peanuts, peasants. Yeah, I I see him all as the same guy in in Biden this week um, where he did have that long pause. Britt, you think maybe, you know, Biden had an earpiece in where he was uh, kind of being steered a little bit?
2: I don't know if he had an earpiece in or if it was just that cognitive decline that he absolutely doesn't have. Um, Maybe (laughs) his internal monologue was stuttering, uh, which (laughs) I always... I, it was always my favorite thing during the campaign as I, I had made fun of him. And someone's like, you're making fun of someone with a stutter. And I was like, even Joe Biden doesn't use that excuse. Like, that's sad. It's sad that that's like, you guys are pulling stuff that he doesn't even say. And now just to watch people say like, oh, he was just taking a pause. It's like, take it. He it was the full six and a half seconds that he said nothing yeah like like he forgot where he was he forgot what to say and then uh also calling putin an adversary that may not be an adversary like didn't he just a couple like months ago call him a like a cold blooded murder
0: yeah well and, and, and think about what we just endured for the past fucking four years i mean we had to sit there and listen to how you know russia was the worst place on earth well who was in charge of russia at the time vladimir putin bad vlad man like and and all of a sudden eh, he's not that bad you know there's there's a this is complicated guys like hey listen you can't can't go around trashing murder cults well i feel
2: like the 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 next logical step for the democrats is to open an investigation that will cost the taxpayers billions to find out if Vladimir Putin is a bad person or not? I, I think that that's. <laughs> I think that is that's the that's just how things are done, right? When Democrats are in charge, because I'm pretty sure it happened in California. We we raised our our gas tax. Um, we raised the taxes on gas in California, and then literally 30 days later, opened an investigation to find out why our Aren't gas so is higher than anywhere else right in the country.
1: Yeah. Jesus Christ!
2: It's so bad. So I think that that's just I. I'm just waiting. I'm, I'm almost positive that there's going to be an investigation into not Russia, but whether Russia is a threat. Even though we spent four years listening to the left, absolutely positive that they were. But now... May not be an episode. It's
0: so back and forth too, because I mean, you guys. I mean, Nick, you might not be old enough. I mean, but no, I'm just kidding. The um, probably uh, not. The, the 2012 Man. was it? The 2012 debate where I think they were uh, Barack Obama was going back and forth with Mitt Romney about how you know you know 1980s called and they want their foreign policy back, and they were talking yeah. about Russia at the time, right? Like, you, you that that's the same thing. It's like, all right, Russia's not bad. Russia's the worst country on earth and Trump's in bed with them and they're here. And you know, eh, now what?
2: Yeah. We're about five minutes from Russia being like the Aleppo of the left. (laughs) Like, like, and, and what is Russia? Like, it's just, that's where we're, we're at now. It's, it's, that's not what bothers me. That's not even what shocks me. What shocks me is that there's still people that will continue to support it. Like, it's scary that there's people that aren't in government that don't have a reason why they have to go along with this. And they're like a dog chained to a tree, like, that that they think that they just, they can't just change their mind and be like, you know, yeah, yeah, no, this is bullshit. Like, I should probably stop believing these people. They just go along with it. I have relatives. I mean, I live in Los Angeles and my in-laws are very far left and they are like... Like super, you know, anything that happens uh, and is talked about on MSNBC, they're like, yeah, no, that's, that's right. That's, that's true things that are happening in the world right now. Like, okay.
1: Propaganda works. I mean, we, we still have people that believe we're over there, so they're not over here and people still believe in WMDs in Iraq. Like there's, there's things that people are gonna believe what, because it comes from a screen that instru- instructs them to believe it. And I think that the funny thing about the, the contrast between the Trump administration and the Biden administration, the biggest thing to me is the way the press is treating biden versus how they treated trump and this is not um, this is not a unique opinion i'm not the first person i point this out by any means or you know breaking any new ground but it's very i don't want to say shocking because i'm not really shocked by it but i cannot believe that they're actually doing this shit to the point where anything trump did was like oh he stepped on a ladybug when he was walking down the sidewalk to go up you know to air force one or whatever and whenever biden the the only things are asking him is mr president what kind of ice cream did you get at that ice cream shop and you know treating him with the absolute kiddest of kid gloves you know that's respect man no i mean it was wild it was like he had
2: that ice cream and it was like Oh, look, Biden saved small business. Like, that was the spin on it. <laughs> like, yeah. like, thanks for that so much.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I hate what about isn't, but I mean, just the, I mean, for, for four years, it was negative coverage. If, if I mean, Trump went in there, and, you know, when you, when you look at the way, like, Biden was sitting cross legged. He had like note cards and shit. And you're like, what is this stuff? And, you know, Trump went in there. And and I, I think it's probably all still a show where, you know, they were talking about his posture and how he was sitting and how he was kind of claiming the space as a dominant male and how his, you know, his legs were spread wider and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, wow, man, you guys are really different about this kind of stuff.
2: Well, just the exact comparison is, do you remember when Trump had ice cream at the White House? Two scoops! It was a scandal that he had two scoops of ice cream.
0: Two President of of ice cream, yeah.
2: How he? And how wild is it that people don't, um, that people like literally bought that whole bullshit about like, don't you want, don't you want all of this like Trump craziness to be over? Like, like people literally bought Bought that as if like it was the right and donald trump that was making the country talk about trump for four years it was like and then the, the left just came in and was like don't you want all this to stop and everyone was like yes we do yes let's do this let's make it
0: stop CNN's is like no please you're yeah. gonna kill our ratings
2: i know and then as soon as he's gone all they talk about is like, trump's trying to get back on twitter it's like you're trying to get Trump back on Twitter. Like, you guys can't stop talking about Trump. They literally were talking about Trump's pants three days ago. Like, his pants at some meeting. Uh, And, you know, I understand. It's like everybody kind of falls victim, though, to that, like, not go. I guess it's kind of a go-team-go mentality, but, like, questioning people that you disagree with. Like, you can't can't ever think, like, oh, maybe this is – Maybe, maybe the left came out with a good idea this time. Like I literally did it today. I watched the, um, I don't know if you guys saw the like right to repair legislation that came out for companies to be able to, um, there's legislation that came out from, oh gosh, I think it's like Joe Morrell. He's like, uh, from Rochester, New York. He introduced this bill to Congress that businesses should be able to repair their own equipment. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't see, I, I said, oh, you know, that seems like a good thing. Immediately, I was like, wait, did a Democrat or Republican introduce this bill? And then when I saw that it was a Democrat, I was like, well, where's the catch? Yeah, I mean, it's like I'm like, where's the catch to this? What's it doing? To, what is it doing to big business? Like something something is happening because nobody would just come in on the left and and be like, yeah, small businesses should be able to repair their, you know, farm uh, farm workers and McDonald's should be able to repair their own ice cream machine. I'm like, what's, what's happening right now? So um, I just started looking into it. I'm sure your, your audience will tell me why I'm wrong and why the Democrats are evil. And I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm just waiting to be told why I'm wrong on this. Cause right now it kind of looks like, Oh, this might be a good thing. If I had a small business, I'd like to be able to repair my own stuff without, you know, it
0: hey, being a twi- thing twice twice a day right like broken clock i mean you got marjorie taylor green talking about getting rid of the atf for god's sakes yeah i <laughs> what do you think nick well to, uh, i want to go back to hair because i was going to say the way
1: the press sure. uh, uh, operates it's it's a lot, and the reason that they they love Trump so much is it's a lot easier if you could shine a light and put the the you know the magnifying glass on a person and say this is the bad person and this is the guy that's the reason that all you you're having all these problems right. And not only are they doing that, but it's distracting from the fact that there's a genocide happening in Yemen and that the Israeli-Palestine conflict is still is ramping up and everything like that. Now, leaving all that aside, now that they have control, because CNN and MSNBC are basically DNC operatives, we kind of all know that. Uh, so what they're doing, they're unable to point at Trump and say, this is the guy that's causing all your problems because their guy is in the office right now. So they're really desperately scrambling to find something to point at, to say, this is why things are going bad. They can't just do that because Biden is in office. They have to be clever about it, at least a little bit. So it's a lot harder to do that whenever your people are actually in power. I know they don't really have Congress by that large of a margin, but they do have a margin, you know, at all, um, but and and they got their people have the the White House, and it's very clear that Biden is their guy, he is the corporatist Democrat. He is, other than the Clintons, I think Joe Biden might be the most politician politician of all time. Well, and he's it's, definitely it's, been
0: involved in it longer.
1: It's not even close. Like he's just a corporatist Democrat and corporatist Democrats are nothing else than the things that have destroyed this country and destroyed damn near the world. Well, you know, we wouldn't have the wars we have without corporatist Democrats. We wouldn't have had World War I without corporatist Democrats and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the point I'm making is it's a lot easier to point at one guy and say, this is the cause of all your problems. And whenever you don't have that guy to point at, well, you have to really be, you know, you got to be, you got to be weird about it. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean- <laughs> To say the I mean, least
2: no i absolutely agree we saw the same thing in like 2017 right when trump came into office and gop had everything and they didn't pass that like very benign abortion bill that most of the country
1: that's right have. they need oh, the opposition
2: and, yeah they like and then it was like republican senators and republicans coming out and being like we can't do this because of this. it's like you have to keep that wedge issue Mm because you have to remember to remind voters why they need you and i i watched it i i watched it with that we saw it with other things we saw it when uh when uh republicans just just decided to to forget that there was a second amendment and be like yeah trump's doing a bump stock ban like we just watched them be like Mm -hmm. yeah we should do this and then say like it was protecting like republicans coming out saying like this is protecting our second amendment like well that that is a hell of a take. <laughs> like,
0: also, <laughs> trump was a new york democrat if i've ever seen one and that's yeah. oh yeah oh absolutely I mean, absolutely the guy he didn't end any of the wars he was you know kind of war light compared to war heavy right Outside of that, he, he, you know, anything that came across his desk for a continuing resolution or NDA, he passed those. He reauthorized, you know, more domestic spying FISA, which, you know, obviously got him into the hurt locker. He had, he had the establishment from Pompeo to Barr to Mewchand to all these, Bolton. you know, establishment Bolton, yeah. uh, Mattis, uh, Kelly, all of these people that were just establishment hacks, you know, automatically surrounded him. Um, What else? I mean, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the, the bump stock ban and and getting, you know, changing a definition with the ATF to, to, you know, talk about, you know, taking guns for people who hadn't even committed a goddamn crime.
2: The red flag laws. Yeah. Like,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I mean, that was, those were things where I was just like, I can't vote for this dude. I I didn't in 2016. So it didn't matter. I wasn't going to vote for him in 2020. I think that three things happened with Trump. Um, the two things that I think Trump did that were good was the prison reform, the first step act, and then just forgetting to renew the Patriot Act. Like, I liked that. I was like, oh, can we just forget to do more things like that? <laughs> like, like oh, we, just, we just forgot. Um, and then the third thing that I really think was the major tenet that I saw with the Trump presidency is that if it wasn't for the left, like constantly drumming up hysteria trump was a rather mundane president to be honest like if we had all just ignored him for four years it would have been the same results like really like it really would have there was no there was no like uh, abortion ban there was no uh, change to obamacare like yeah. The wall oh, like sorry you have to walk a couple more miles to get around that wall now because the wall never got finished <laughs> like like if we i think even if the left had had zero opposition and done nothing not not a whole lot would have changed it was rather mundane mundane i you know i i don't think that he was this evil like hitler-esque you know being that the left made him out to be and i don't think that he was american bald eagle jesus that the gop (laughs) made him out to be he's just he's just like a dude that had a sales pitch that a lot of people either really liked or really didn't like
0: that's right yeah yeah and and it kind of brings me to you know a larger point right as i mean i look across the the parties in general is like libertarians aren't the lnc the trumpers aren't the gop and, you know, the Bernie bros and the Tulsi Gabbard, you know, people are really not the DNC. And you, so you look at it as is all of this, I don't know, centralized power across the board and, you know, trying to keep, you know, us plebs from affecting any type of change. You guys think that maybe parties are the problem?
2: Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I I've said this for a long time. And um, I could remember being a little like a, a small child and my dad saying if they if they didn't let these people say what party they were from and they just had to say what bill they supported and why, then this country would have way less government and way less problems. I mean, I, 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 parties are the problem and they're also the solution for government. It's like we I, it, it's like sometimes it bothers me with like the LP um, because of, they tend to have that same, like, party, I, like, that same, like, go team, go mentality. But then at the same time, we also have this, like, we're all individuals and we can't get along. And it's like, which way are we going to play it? We have to decide how are you going to change the country. And the only solution that I can see, and I hate to credit the far left for this, but they did an amazing thing at home horrifying, amazing thing in this country. They took over the education system slowly. They went out into their own communities. They became community organizers. They, they infiltrated all of their local elections and they spent the last 60 years changing this country from the ground up. And I think that's how libertarians need to do it. And now, fortunately, I, we're seeing a lot of that happen um, where people are joining their local elections, doing things. But there was a time where I just remember screaming, like, eh, you can't just be a libertarian and decide to do nothing to run for president. Like, and I mean, I know I sound kind of jaded, but you guys tell me, I'm tell me I'm not wrong. in this. there was a long time where it was just like, you either did nothing as a libertarian or you ran for president. And that was it. And now we're seeing like you, Shane, like, um, I, you know, I was, I work within my local school district trying to get school choice. I, I go door knocking with local candidates. Like I'm, I'm all for people that are willing to do anything at the very smallest to just grasp more liberty. Um, because we have too many people in this country that choose a side, vote down ballot, and then just go about their merry way and say like, well, you can't do anything about it. And it's like all across the board. And it's so frustrating. It's like I I'm trying not to tear up right now because I'm so frustrated with that mentality and that they take it as a fucking win when their when their team wins the presidency not even caring if it's going to be to their detriment or to their benefit at the end of the day. And it's like never. It's like it doesn't matter if we have a Republican or we have a Democrat. It's like it's either going to be like, "Oh, you're going to have this like really really bad time or you're going to have this like Almost really bad time. Like, that's all we get.
1: And who cares? <laughs> They're fucking bombing people. And we were yeah. just locked in our house, or not we, but a lot of people were just locked in their houses for a whole fucking year. You weren't essential, I man. Saying. Yeah. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. I, I, right. I don't know if this is, if this is like a, a toward your point or against your point, but I'm just going to point out the fact that, you know, even the populist lefties like, uh like a Bernie Sanders or a Tulsi Gabbard or an Andrew Yang type of person, those people were completely disliked by the establishment DNC. Whereas you have, which I I mean, that that's, they weren't towing the party line. So it is probably toward your point, really, Brit. Um, and then on the right side of the things with the Republicans, you have your fellows like Matt Gates, You have Donald Trump and you have the CNN writing articles and, and having news pieces about why Marjorie Taylor Greene is driving out the true Republicans out of the Republican Party into the Democrats arms. And you know, whenever you're talking about somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene kicking somebody out of the party or th- threatening democracy because Liz Cheney says so, I think that's a good thing. I don't yeah. give a shit about Liz Cheney. We're, we're, if, if we got people that's going to get rid of the neocons and get rid of the shitty ass neoliberals that are running the Republicans and the Democrats, respectively, that's nothing but a good thing. Um, and I totally forgot the second point when I was going to go into. You had talked about, uh, man, I'm sorry. I don't remember what you said towards the, the, toward the end there. It doesn't matter. No. <laughs>
2: I don't
0: either so. yeah, that's, that's the way shows go sometimes. you know you, yeah. you, you, you could chase be that president rabbit.
2: you could be president with that memory so. hey,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no thank you I'm good <laughs> remind me I said no thank you every step of the way yeah no it, it, we'll just um, see in 2024
2: Shane. I'll,
0: I'll <laughs> tell you what it, if it if it, if it ever comes to me being president guys I mean the country's it's over anyway you know sell, sell all your you know fiat currency go into Bitcoin and crypto and all that fun stuff right and like yeah
2: it's dead bruh
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's hey i I think i think that's part of the reason it's dying i mean there you you see this really erratic behavior across the board with every everybody right now it's you know there's the you know the gop is crazy the dnc is crazy the lnc is nuts minus a few you know righteous souls up there which i absolutely adore um that, to see it all in our lifetime, you know, people coming to the realization. You guys think maybe this is the moment. This is the moment that changes a, a country forever. I certainly yeah. think it's it's highly possible. Go ahead. Nick. Uh,
1: and and we, I mean, you don't want to bring up like you don't want to talk about violence and and whenever you talk about revolutions, it's violence is kind of inherently implied. And I don't mean it to be this way, but it just kind of is what it is. No. Uh, but I mean, the Bolsheviks were the minority party. They named themselves the Bolsheviks, ironically, on purpose. They wanted to make themselves seem like the bigger party, but they were not. The Mensheviks Mensheviks means minority. I mean, it may be a rough translation, but Bolsheviks implies that they were the majority, which is not true. They were not the majority, and it wasn't it wasn't even close. Uh, so you, all you need – the remnant is real, right? The remnant is real, and it has an effect whenever it is – whenever they get together and work the way they need to be doing things, right? And I definitely see – the economic crash is going to be very, very ugly. Uh, and this is the opportunity for the, the literal remnant, i.e. the Austrian economists or the people that know economics, the right economics. We're not talking about Keynesian or even Chicago school. We're talking about guys that know about Mises to sit there in, among the ashes and tell everybody, well, I'll tell you exactly why this happened. You missed the message in 2008. But now They've that missed you, it
0: since 1970,
1: That that's well, they missed it since before then even. But yeah, yeah you're right. You know, but th- this is an opportunity. I definitely think, Shane, this is an opportunity for people who are like us to sit here and say, this is why our way is the best. This is why libertarianism, decentralization, non-aggression is the way. And the sound money, Austrian economics and fiscal austerity is the way, because look what happened. Do you want this to keep happening? It's happened at least twice a decade for the past 60 years you want to keep doing this? And I think this is probably going to be the worst one that we've ever had because of the fact that people have not been producing because of the COVID restrictions. So it's we're on way more shaky ground than we were in the lead up to 2008 crash because people haven't been working. People haven't been producing like they were in up to 2008, right? So not only are we we're going to have people getting kicked out of their homes because they're not making any money, but there's actually no resources to support a lot of the people who are going to be out on their, out on their ass anyway. So it's going to be even worse than two thousand eight. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not happy about it. But it certainly is an opportunity for libertarians to show people the way, for sure.
2: Yeah. No, that's so true. I know so many people here in Los Angeles. My my home when I bought it five years ago was worth like maybe five hundred thousand dollars. It's. I mean, we live in like a tiny like three bedroom house, and it's probably worth. I think somebody offered us $705,000 a couple months ago for it, like during the pandemic. And we were just told that we could get over eight for this three-bedroom. Yeah. Like, In California,
0: house. that's crazy to me. And like, I, I feel like California, do you not feel like it's a ghost town around there right now?
2: The people are leaving, but the thing is, is like, what's what I what my heart hurts about for people is so many people took forbearance thinking that they were going to get help. Like, Oh, we'll take this forbearance during the pandemic and everything will be fine because the banks promised them that, you know, they'd work with them afterwards. And now the banks have, there's, they have no reason to not just collect 100% of that bubble, you know? And so a lot of people are going to lose their house because you if you didn't work for 15 months or 12 months or whatever it is then how are you going to pay back you know 16 dollars 25,000 um, all at once you just you just can't do it i this just is, yeah go ahead this
0: is this is something i've have really struggled with thinking about is, is I, I knew this time was coming you know a year ago when they implemented the you know the, the basically the the rent forgiveness and all that kind of stuff and and the holds on kicking people out of their houses and and when when the government does what the government has done over this past year you know as libertarians i don't think you know i've I've heard anybody really address this at all and it's you know you sitting there you know trying to to be the a human being going hey man like these guys Unfairly manipulated the market. They crushed, you know, about 50 million jobs in this country alone. Hmm. And how, I don't know. At the end of the day, I go, well, you know what? Maybe the banks should eat it this time. Instead of the people eating it, maybe yeah. the banks should eat it. What do you think, Nick? Well, I, it's, it's difficult to say the thing
1: about it is if the, it is the government that forced people into this position. So in a certain way, they are accountable. They're obviously accountable a hundred percent for these people's losses. And, and for so on the one hand, uh, you don't want to print a bunch of money, which they've already done. Like we're basically in MMT right now. They just printed off six trillion dollars or something like that within the past year, which is which is terrifying. It's, it's absolutely one third terrifying. of our entire money supply ever. Ever, yeah, ever. that's 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 incredible. That's like incredible in a scary way. Um, so you, you don't want that, but you the, you can't just do this to people with no recourse. What are these people going to do? You can't give them the six hundred dollars a week, you know, bolstered unemployment. And just expect them to sit there and take it. A lot of people have because a lot of people fortunately were able to make you know make make rent or, or pay their bills off of that money alone. But if you put somebody out of work like that, you can't just screw them over whenever the time comes, whenever whenever things come back to, you know, the 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 moratorium on mortgages and rent, whenever that comes back. You can't just it's 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 I feel like it's more wrong and it's a it's a worse violation of people's rights to put people out of work and then have them suffer the consequences for your actions and not their own. Right. So I don't have an answer, but the, obviously the, this is a cop out in a way, the answer would have been to never let the shit happen in the first place, but we're not in that reality right now. Where we are right now is that millions, tens of millions of people are probably going to be losing their homes or getting evicted from their apartments or rent, whatever they're in. uh, And, I don't know, man. I don't have an answer at all. It, it's it's very very tough because you can't just print off a bunch of money because you know we all know where that leads. It's as people who know economics, um, but you can't fuck people over like that. It's 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 it. This call I don't want to say it on your show because I don't want to get you in trouble. But I can't th- just know everybody what I want done to the people who are responsible for this would get me probably in legal trouble for saying. So that's all you need to know. Yeah, go ahead, Brit. <laughs>
2: There's a GIF for that. <laughs>
1: we
2: don't know what it is. Um, I I agree. I mean, it's it's a hard situation to be in. Also, I live in California, and I'm pissed that people let them let it happen to themselves. I am. I, I'm angry that people gave in to this fear instead of saying instead of pushing back and being like, "No, we're going to work. We're not going to let this happen," because largely at least in in Southern California and central California, the sheriff's departments and the police departments were actually like against what was happening here in our state, but the people were for it. People were like, literally like fighting tooth and nail to get their rights taken away. So I know I sound heartless, but also you voted for this, you voted for this level of tyranny and you got it. So congrats that's true too i mean like i i sound like like i'm i sound exactly like i i sound when i talk to my kids and i've told them 17 times not to jump off the wall in our backyard and then when they jump off the wall and hurt themselves and i don't run over to them and like you know kiss their boo-boo and put a band-aid on it i go I told you. And if I don't sound sympathetic, it's because I was sympathetic for a very long time. I had a lot of empathy when I was telling you not to vote for these people, not to put up with this, not to do this, because this is what you get. And so yeah, I understand the I the I, I understand the thought process of let the banks deal with it. But also like that's not what's gonna happen. What's gonna happen is what happened, you know, before with the banks is the banks are gonna deal with it. And then the government's going to come in, especially if we still have a democratic uh, government uh, that's fully in power and they're going to bail out the banks. And the, I don't know if you guys know this, but the government doesn't make their own money. They get it from us. Like, So we're paying for all of this. You're paying for it. No well, matter the thing,
0: what. And the thing, the thing right. is, uh, you know, at the end like, of the day, it's it, twice. With with taxes i mean you know when they can just you know print money into infinity of many way like what taxes are just control so i i think you know in, in all of this what i see is you know where this is going to happen and the, the the banks try to kick people out of their homes i think this is where you might actually see some violence and, and, I think and so too I, I i hate it um but here's the other thing is You know, time and time again, obviously, the banks have been in bed with, you know, the government since the unholy inception of of banks, right? You know, anytime there's a bank or a government, they were always together. It's the aristocratic combination. It's a murder cult um, right down to it. Is there a point where people realize this and go, you know what, I'm staying here and I'm righteously staying here. And if you send people to kick me out of my house after doing what you've done, you know, there's probably going to be a fight. Is, is, Is that a righteous move?
2: I think we're going to see it from uh, what we're going to see it from these far left, like, because we're already starting to see it. Like we already have a generation of kids that grew up upper middle class that believe communism is like a viable option. And they're out here. At least they were in Los Angeles saying that, you know, land eat, eat, eat the landlords. um, And thinking that landlords don't have jobs and don't do anything. So, I think that it's going to end up, I, I think it's going to be exactly what you think, but I think it's going to be far left people that start this. And hopefully everybody kind of gets on board, but they get on board the right way because I think who is ultimately going to pay for this is landlords. I think a lot of people um, don't realize that it's not just going to be people that are renting and people that, uh, and, and or it's not just going to be people that own homes. and have mortgages. It's going to be a lot of renters that start this, that just won't leave. And landlords are going to end up having to try and figure out how to put the bill. And then those houses are going to go back to the bank. And that's landlords are ultimately going to be the ones that have to figure out what to do with this. And we'll see where it goes. Like, I don't know. I was very lucky that during this whole thing, we never took forbearance. We, we just decided to use our savings and, um, Credit And and now we have mounting credit card debt because my husband's in the film industry, so he didn't work for a very Mm. long time. And so, in fact, he wouldn't have worked at all if he hadn't started. He started a company in the middle of the pandemic, cleaning, disinfecting sets for COVID. Mm. So that's kind of how the film industry was able to get back to work. And um, there was a lot of people that weren't fortunate enough to do that. I mean, my mother's one of those people where I'm seeing...
1: This fallout you know yeah i think the, on that one well just the, the the likely outcome of this is just going to be another bailout i i just i don't see it going any other way it, I, you know how you know how these things work maybe the last bailout, bailout. oh the last one hopefully the last one because shit all collapses afterward but uh yeah i, I, it, I definitely <laughs> think that's going to be a bailout
0: yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong. And, and that's the thing is, I think that might be the, the nail in the coffin for the United States government. Right. And, you know, with, with, hoping, uh, right? yeah, with, with, with what Zach was you know saying there between the elections, the politicians, the Fed and everything else kind of coming to the surface, the media, the school system, like people are seeing now that this system that they've paid literally almost 30 trillion dollars for is a bullshit, you know, basically facade so now that we're seeing this i I think this might actually be the moment where decentralization happens faster uh and you know i think people are still comfortable enough to where we're not going to see a ton of violence but before we're we're running up into an hour already before um we cut out of here i want to give you guys both an opportunity to bring up a topic that maybe has been uh burning in your brain and want to get it out here let's go ahead first brett
2: Okay. Um, You know what? There's one topic that I'm always passionate about because I think it's the most important topic that we can talk about as anybody that's liberty minded and it's school choice. It's our education system. I understand. I have this conversation daily that we should, you know, abolish public education completely. Taxpayers shouldn't be funding it. We also live in a country with a lot of people that think we should. So I would implore that you at least look into and really just educate yourself on school choice and funding children. Because if we cannot just get our tax dollars back completely, then at least make it go to the child. Because so many people have kids. At least let that money follow the child to the school that best suits them. I have two children with type 1 diabetes. They... Hmm. Are not served in public school. They, my son spent most of his day sitting in an office, and I had to fight for an aid for this kid. Where my child was getting funding for being uh, type one diabetic, but that funding was going to anything else but him, and I had to fight for it. And at the end of the day, if public school, if, if public school ends up having to step up and really educate children in a real actual way and do a good job and not just be this uh, public school to prison pipeline because they have to compete, then that's only a good thing. If at the end of the day, like you're still paying taxes for public school because everyone's decided, oh, look, public schools stepped up and I kind of want to send my kids there, then okay, no harm, no foul you know, whatever. If it was me, if I was in charge tomorrow, I would be like, everybody just pays for their own kid, but we don't have that option. So please, please, please. Like when school choice comes up on the ballot, when you see me tweeting about it, like, please like get involved, look into it, read the articles. It's so important. If you have kids, if you're planning on having kids, if you're planning on um, being in this country long enough for these kids to grow up and getting into government and to vote, if you If you want to live long enough to see a kid that's in elementary school right now turn 18 and vote, please, please look into this. It's so, so important. Also, check out the new Fab Show because we're doing a lot of great work over there.
0: What about you, Nick?
1: Well, to, I think it was Zachary that made this comment about the emperor having no clothes. Uh, and I want to kind of piggyback on that a little bit and just what ties together what kind of holds together this facade we call the state is the fact that people see it as legitimate. And if... We have a large swath of the country that does not view the government as the legitimate governing body of the United States or the territory that we consider the United States. I don't even know what we are at this point anymore. We're not united in the slightest, which is I think is a good thing. This is the best time for us to be able to preach to people, decentralize. You got your Republican redneck white trash. I don't mean that derogatory in any way. I'm redneck white trash. Uh, This is our opportunity to reach out to the people who are in rural Alabama and say, hey, folks, if you don't want your people in California, these dumb libtards in California, being able to dictate anything like you live, the option there is decentralization. The option there is shrinking the federal government. And a lot of people that are viewing the state as illegitimate in the sense that the federal government is not, you know, the president is not the duly elected president. He is. It, there's fraud, and I don't want to say too much because I don't want to get your show in trouble because I know how they, they go with these things. Um, but you know what I'm getting at here is that a lot of people are not in the belief that Joe Biden is a legitimate president. This is a great opportunity for us or as that there's any legitimate president. <laughs> well, that's right. That's that's absolutely right. Yeah, people are seeing that the government is an absolute joke, and this is the best time for libertarians to be able to tell people there's no reason for folks on the west coast to be able to decide how people live on the east coast and look at how look at how things are going in florida we've seen a much more strength in the power of governors of states due to the COVID 19 pandemic quote-unquote pandemic i don't like that fucking word anymore um but we see somebody like desantis who's actually running things relatively well in uh, in florida and you get your people that'll say oh he's a drug warrior that's true but i know for a fact that they don't really care about weed in Miami or Orlando, where everybody's out partying and smoking the shit in public anyway. You know, they don't care about that. It's kind of eliminated on the local level anyway. And they say he's a he's a Zionist. That's true. He's only the governor of a state. He can't send troops or, you know, dictate that bombs are going to be dropped anywhere in the Middle East. So the what we have to preach is decentralization. And it's a lot easier to say decentralized or shrink government than say anarcho-capitalism or free market anarchism or whatever we really are idealistically. It's a lot easier to say decentralized and it's a lot easier to posit that toward people whenever you let them know, hey, look at Gavin Newsom and look at Ron DeSantis. Who would you rather live under? That's the most important thing right now is to to have a peaceful separation and have a peaceful decentralization. Otherwise, things are going to get ugly
0: man i i love it uh and and you guys thank you very much for you know last minute you know hanging out with me we'll we'll definitely do this again on a a, on a much tighter uh put together schedule and all that kind of stuff um i want you guys to plug your stuff now before uh before we uh cut this thing off for the the night ladies first
2: (laughs) thank you so much okay so um our new fab show just aired um it's 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 brand new. It's a totally different show from our old show, the Freckles and Brit Show. It's still me, Freckled Liberty, and Rachel Nix um are now doing it. It's kind of libertarian sketch comedy, I guess. So um exactly like the Bill Maher show. And uh I also am well, it's has really- gotta be
0: funnier than the Bill Maher show. <laughs>
2: yes, well, um unironically funny. Um and I'm also on Clubhouse, like all the time now at Salt by Brit. I have a brand new Clubhouse club. It's called the Idea Exchange. It is um, all kinds of different things. So you guys find me on Clubhouse, join the club. It's like growing super fast and we're excited about it. Um, it's it's all different. kind. It's, it's ran by me and one other liberty minded person, but um, there's all kinds of different schools of thought people joining so it's fun to interact with them um and i think that's it you can find me on twitter at tweets by brit i'm there all the time like literally all the time like right now i'm there
0: so (laughs) should be tweeting this whole time
2: (laughs) this whole time i forgot i was on the show so
0: (laughs) thank you brit nick
1: well uh you can find me at nick underscore individual on twitter right now uh, and I want to say I, I run the individualist podcast and I want to give a shout out to Top Lobster for making this dope shirt. Uh, he, I am on a shirt. I'm wearing a shirt of myself, which is really cool. <laughs> I'm actually in this picture. I'm wearing the original shirt that Top Lobster made me because this is what I wore when this when the video was taken. That this screenshot comes from. So thank you very much, Top Lobster. Anything that I ever put out is going to be on individualistpodcast.com. And one thing I want to say while I have this platform is I want to give a big shout out to my boy at Anarcho underscore Toad. He just recently started on the sobriety journey. I'm really proud oh, of him as yeah. a friend. He's a great dude. He loves you guys. He needs you guys' support. He just started this a couple of weeks ago, and he's been doing a great job doing it, taking a big step in improving himself and his life. So shout out to Toad. I love you,
0: man. Individualistpodcast.com. That's where you find anything I, I have. Guys, it's been a lot of fun, and I appreciate it. You know, this, uh, this got more serious than I thought it was going to be, and I, and I think that just kind of speaks to the times. But uh, really, bless you guys for coming on here and, and doing this thing with me last minute. Um, we'll do it again here in the future. Thank you so much, Shane. That was fun. Ladies and gents. Really, really appreciate having you know everybody out there that will work at a, a moment's notice to uh, get things together and uh, and 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 find fun things like this that are just kind of off the cuff. And you know, for you guys that are podcasters, don't be afraid to do this kind of stuff. Right? Like, it, it, this is not something uh, that a plan is totally off the cuff. If you've been paying attention to what's going on in current events, I think more of this kind of stuff is needed. And I think especially for those of you guys out there that might be seeking office, um, running for something, maybe doing a podcast all at the same time, is being able to uh, go out and find people that don't want necessarily to be in front of a camera, but want to be heard about what's going on in their lives. And it's just, it's an easier way to connect uh, sometimes, you know, doing things like this. And so I really I encourage you go out there and try some things. It's not always going to be the best or or work you know exactly like you want. But you know this is this is the ability of people with positive thinking. You can go out there and make you know great situations out of something that may have happened that you know wasn't the best situation. So at any rate, thank you guys. If you love the podcast, you can go out to Radical Pod. I'm sorry, Patreon.com slash Radical and uh, become a patron. thank you guys everybody who has uh you can go out and leave five stars on uh apple and really if you want to bring anything to my attention you can reach me at shane or shane uh shane at radical pod boy i haven't done those in a while um Outside of that, July 2nd here at Smith's Old Bar. We are getting together, save the date, to come down to Atlanta. Uh, Zach's deputy and I are going to have a great time down there. I'm going to do a live podcast, and then he is going to play. And I'll tell you what, the guy's got a lot of talent. If you like Southern, if you like Rock, man, this guy can put it all together. And, and even like some 60s, 70s, really good old jams, man. Just just awesome stuff. So thank you guys for doing what you do. Have a awesome weekend. Happy Father's Day uh, to all you fathers out there. Yeah, fathers out there this weekend. Uh, I hope you have a good one. And I love you. I need you. Peace.
1: Um, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff.